We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show. We're back. We're excited to be here. Andrew, how you doing? I'm great. I have my daily dose of clay, so I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> I hope you get that joke. Otherwise, this is a weird start. I appreciate this that. Is, this is episode 1199, so tomorrow will be episode 1200. That's very cool, but... Uh, you know, maybe we'll stop the jersey number thing after this one, but I don't know. We don't know. Who's 99 in your memory, Kyle? Anybody? Um, oh, give me a second here. Uh, All right, Jarrell, well, Jarrell Worthy. Yeah, that's a great one, right? Uh, former second round pick, went on to uh, a solid-ish uh, career with the New England Patriots. But I was thinking Corey Williams. That's okay. like my right. guy, right? That's yep. that's the former one. But also for a very short period of time, Christian Ringo, who I actually went out and got drinks with one night. So uh, maybe I'll tell you that story off air. But anyways, yeah. So so ninety nine, uh, we reset. Of course, moving on to twelve hundred. This has been a really weird week, and this is actually the second time I've recorded the podcast. The first one uh, came out as the emergency podcast on Wednesday. I believe. Yes. I don't even yes. know the days anymore uh, with Dan Kotnick to talk about the Aaron Rodgers COVID-19 story. So everybody got my thoughts. Nobody wants to hear those anymore. Any <laughs> Anything to add to the conversation, Kyle? No, man. It's just been a really, really tense week on Twitter. And I think there's so many things that play into all of this. And I think, you know, I've shared some of my thoughts and my concerns on Twitter and people have weighed in agreeing with me and disagreeing with me. And all of that is fine. I think for me, the biggest thing that causes me frustration in this is just that not Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, immunized versus vaccinated or any of those things. For me, it was the comments that followed that made it sound like he would support his teammates who chose not to be what we all assumed was vaccinated, when in reality, he wasn't himself doing those things. And I think if it was just the immunized versus the vaccinated, like wording, 
you know, saying yeah, throwing a comma after it, and then clarifying with immunized, that's fine. But it's it's the the clarifying that he won't judge those who who do differently than he does. It just leaves a weird taste in your mouth. But this is all peripheral. This isn't football. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be back to, you know, the Packers firing on all cylinders with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and all will be forgiven. But I, I think it does kind of leave a bad taste in the mouths of some fans who are trying to learn, can we trust the things that our quarterback is saying? Because we want to support him. And it seems like he had a lot of things um, that he was right about in the offseason that maybe you're – pushing the organization in a good direction. Uh, but it's things like this that kind of give you a little pause and wonder where things are at. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, nobody wants to listen to us talk about COVID-19 more. Uh, they probably <laughs> want us to talk about the content of today's show. So why don't you get us kicked off? Yeah, let's get to the football pieces of this. And we are back for another round of key matchups and X factors. As always, we're going to take some time and dive into the Packers upcoming opponent their roster and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in this game and then of course we'll share our x-factor predictions like we do every week um, week eight was absolutely insane it already really feels like months ago andrew that rasul douglas was the hero with that walk-off interception but that was just believe it or not a week ago that andrew and i got to do that post-game pod for you all uh, but it's week nine now and the insanity and the obstacles just keep piling up for the Green Bay Packers. We've already talked about some of those just here at the beginning of the pod. But now they are headed for a road game against the Kansas City Chiefs without number 12. And so those key matchups might be even more important this week with all those things considered. Yeah, so pro I'm going to go with kind of a lazy one here, uh, and that is going to include Jordan Love, because of course he is going to be a key matchup in so many ways uh, of this game, and you factor in the incredible crowd noise that is generated by the Kansas City fans, you factor in the road game, you factor in the nerves, and obviously this is going to be a tough one for Jordan Love. But I made this matchup Jordan Love versus Tyron Matthew. And yeah, Matthew is having a down year, according to Pro Football Focus. And what I've seen of this very troubling Kansas City defense has really backed that up. That being said, he's still rocking a 71 coverage grade. That's pretty good. He has just been really getting worked in the run game. But ball hawking safeties probably salivate when they get to play against a quarterback in their first NFL start. And Love is going to have to be very careful with this matchup. He's been prone to big mistakes both at Utah State and in his preseason action, so having good eye discipline is absolutely a key. He's also had a bad habit of using his eyes to move players, right, in what we would prefer him to do. However, then he doesn't get keyed in on his vision fast enough when he goes to the second or third read, so he can be susceptible to lurking coverage underneath or over the top that he doesn't identify really quickly so all of those things can cause trouble and so knowing where Matthew is will be crucial for Jordan Love setting up the run and therefore the play action is going to really allow Tyron to get sucked in and give Love some opportunities down the seams so probably a similar game plan to what we saw against Arizona the weapons are there for Jordan to be successful but he's going to have to avoid the big mistakes in order for the Green Bay Packers to win this game. Yeah, really, really interesting. Obviously, I think, I mean, I don't know if there's more intrigue when you're talking about a 7-1 team. Everybody's tuning in because 
things are firing on all cylinders and you're excited. But I think everybody's a little bit excited to tune in and see how Jordan Love does with this opportunity. It's going to be a fun one, regardless of all the drama involved. But um, my first key matchup here for us is Chris Jones versus this Packers offensive line. And Chris Jones is a really good defensive lineman, but he's not playing maybe up to his standard. He's not playing out of his mind right now. He's having more of an average season by his standards, which is still very good. Uh, but he's uh, just an incredible player that you have to account for on every single play regardless. And the Chiefs do have Frank Clark and now Melvin Ingram, who they just acquired in a trade. So they can generate plenty of pressure off the edge. But the rest of the defensive line room, as far as I guess you'd say like the big guys in the middle go, is seriously lacking in production. Jaron Reed, the former Seahawk, uh, someone I really liked coming out of the draft, has been really invisible as far as his impact goes for this defense. He leads the defensive line in snaps, but his pro football focus grade is 115th in the NFL among defensive linemen. They've only created 123. So it's been kind of a rough road for Reed there in Kansas City. Um, He hasn't been good in rushing rushing the passer, and he's been absolutely on ice skates in the running game. And then uh, Colin Saunders and Derek Nottie have also been not very good behind them. So all that to say, if the Packers can focus on limiting Chris Jones and his ability to disrupt in the middle, I think this offensive line can find a big win on Sunday and their ability to run the football, but also in giving the time to Jordan Love that he needs to feel comfortable and to make those throws uh, in this first start for him. Yeah, absolutely. So my next key matchup is going to be Eric Stokes versus Tyreek Hill. And let me clarify this first. Stokes is not going to be on an island on Hill ever unless Joe Barry is having a fever dream. (laughs) And we assume he is very healthy at this point. So if Stokes can keep on top of Hill and leverage himself so the safety coverage can help, he's got a chance to minimize the damage. Teams have made Pat Mahomes look human this season because they have basically just been taking away the home runs. And Mr. I created the no-look pass has not been able to resist trying (laughs) anyways. And teams are actually catching the interceptions for the first time in his career. So that being said, Hill has still had games of 197 and 186 yards. So he's still the same home run threat that he has been uh, historically. It only takes a bad play call, a slip, a bad angle, and Tyreek will absolutely ruin your day. And Stokes has to be careful regardless, right? But he's also coming off a disappointing performance against Arizona. So he's one of the few players in the league who might be able to keep up with Tyreek in a foot race but I'd rather him just concentrate on staying on top of his routes and potentially giving up some of that underneath stuff that normally you'd get frustrated with, but against Tyreek Hill is probably a win. And oh, by the way, if Tyreek does catch the ball, somebody still has to tackle him. So (laughs) Stokes is going to have his hands full in this matchup no matter what, but uh, it's really going to go a long ways in uh, determining how successful the Kansas City offense is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot's been made of Eric Stokes' speed, and he is absolutely an incredibly fast athlete, obviously track speed. But there's a difference between quick twitch and long speed. And Eric Stokes is obviously plenty fast, but Tyreek Hill in his short areas is something that a player who is as long as Eric Stokes, um, that's just a natural 
a little bit of a mismatch there. And you'd like to have someone like Jair maybe a little bit more, uh, even maybe without the top end speed, but maybe a little bit more of a match as far as uh, the quick twitch athlete. So, yeah. And thanks for reminding us all that not only are we getting robbed of the Mahomes versus Rogers storyline yeah. <laughs> matchup, right? Got to mm-hmm. be careful about that. Mm-hmm. But we are getting robbed of the Tyreek Hill Jair Alexander matchup, which would have been just incredible. Yeah, that is a good one. Yes, I did not give much thought to that until just now, but that is that would be a very very good one. Um, so my next matchup here, I talked about the big guy with Chris Jones on the Kansas City side of the defensive line. I'm gonna talk about our big guy because we've got one too. His name is Kenny Clark. You may have heard of him, and he's going up against Creed. Humphrey, all right, the center, and everybody listening to the show knows that Andrew and I are draft nuts through and through, and this spring, I think many believe that the Packers would target center as a position of need, and they did, but I think many thought uh, that Miners out of Whitewater or Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma would be the targets there for Green Bay, but the Packers went with Josh Myers out of Ohio State to replace Corey Lindsley, and uh, Really, it's been um, Josh Myers has played really, really well, uh, but is now dealing with an injury and we're seeing Lucas Patrick get his time there. Uh, But regardless, it's really interesting because the Packers took Myers one pick ahead of Creed Humphrey, who the Chiefs did select there. So um, back to back selections. But Humphrey is PFF's highest graded center through eight weeks of the NFL season. So playing very well there. Uh, He's played every snap. And has been a total monster for Kansas City on the offensive line. We've seen guys like Garrett Bradbury from Minnesota come into the league as a highly touted rookie and just get tossed around like a rag doll when he matches up with someone like Kenny Clark. But Humphrey's playing like a vet. And so I'll be watching the trenches on Sunday uh, to see if Clark is able to test this young center and get some pressure up the middle, or if Creed continues to just play out of his mind as a rookie against the best of the best in Kenny Clark. But those are our matchups for this week to keep an eye on. Andrew, uh, you up for another round of X-Factor predictions for this week to see if we can keep our streak alive? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. 
I uh, I did want to mention, you know, I was incredibly high in Creed Humphrey going into this draft. And, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointment. I, I, I've been incredibly pleasantly surprised with Josh Myers. I think he's been really, really good. Um, you know, it's it's in in some ways validating to see Humphrey succeeding in another way, kind of frustrating, right? When you're yeah. on a guy and your favorite team doesn't take him by one pick. But um, I think the Packers are really happy with Myers. I think the Chiefs are elated with Humphrey. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's a really interesting matchup. Hopefully his PFF grade is going to go down significantly, having Kenny Clark in his face all game. Um, so <laughs> so we will see. But, uh, yeah, my X Factor, I, I'm going to go with Darnell Savage. And I feel like Savage has been an X Factor prediction several times this year by one or the other of us. And, and maybe not always super impactful, but I'm really optimistic this is his chance. As I mentioned before, Pat Mahomes has been very generous this year, which leads me to believe Darnell may have a chance or two to grab an interception. In fact, against the Giants last week, if you watch that game, Mahomes threw what should have been the game-losing interception, but a New York defender was offsides on the play. He's been very loose with the ball, and this is a chance for the Packers to absolutely pounce. But if it does end up being a quieter turnover game, there's still an area where Darnell is going to make a major difference. Playing deep is going to be crucial. And staying on top of Tyreek and McCole Hardman is going to slow down this offense. And if you're in the right spot on those two deep looks, that's what Pat, who is trying to play Santa Claus with the defense, is going to give out some <laughs> gifts to you. So um, I'm I'm hoping that you know Darnell is uh, walking out Sunday with a game ball and uh, you know maybe a pick or two. I like that. And we got our first Santa Claus reference here on the podcast. November 4th, so Andrew's not waiting until after Thanksgiving to get into the to the Christmas spirit, I guess, here on the Packaday well, podcast. Was, was very hypocritical of me as I yell at everyone who plays holiday <laughs> music before Thanksgiving. But uh, I love it. Okay, so uh, my pick here is Josiah DeGuara. And obviously losing Tunyon hurts a ton, right? It hurts this football team. It and hurts a Tunyon. It hurts... <laughs> Uh, okay, <clears throat> I'm proud of you. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. It hurts a tonion to this football team, and uh, in no way do I think – I can't believe you said that. <laughs> in no way, though, do I think that DeGuara steps in to the same role that Tunyon had. I just don't think that that's realistic to think. Uh, but I do think that the opportunities go up for him, and uh, that's a pretty easy expectation, right? So not a bold prediction for me. But I also think that with Rodgers out – and love getting his first regular season start here, creativity is going to be a must. And easy completions are going to be a must. And DeGuara showed some nice things last week, but there isn't a ton of film on what he does in this offense yet. So I think that he's the perfect candidate to kind of be that wrinkle in the game plan and be a guy who makes a pretty big splash this week. So Saya DeGuara is going to be my, my pick for the X Factor this week. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. I think I think those checkdowns are going to be really important. And, you know, anything that they can disguise as off of the run game is going to help to make Jordan Love's life a lot easier, mm-hmm. especially early in the game. They're going to have to do it because he's going to be wound up in a ball of anxiety and they're going to have to settle him down to to get him to play the way that he wants to. And we saw that in the preseason, right? His his first start. uh the first couple drives were pretty rough and then he really settled in and, and mm-hmm. led a, a really nice touchdown drive on his third um, series. And, and I think we're going to see something similar happening yeah. um, 
and and uh, you know hopefully hopefully that's the case, right? I, I think uh, you know there's there's a lot that we can look at, and and maybe that's a good transition into what can the Kansas City Chiefs do uh, in order to come out with a victory on Sunday. You're asking me. This is me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we've talked plenty about Tyreek Hill, right? And I feel like that's the elephant in the room. Um, I think explosive plays, you know, if the defense just can't contain or, you know, blows a coverage here or there, it doesn't take much for Tyreek to get loose. And you're talking about points add up pretty quickly with him when that's the case. Um, I think the other thing is if offensive control and efficiency isn't enough, if you're trying to play catch up to an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs in that case where they're putting up points. I think that that is a big deal. Um, and so if you're starting to force the ball on the Packers end with love, you know, you can do a lot of things with Jordan Love. I don't think you have to be afraid of him as your quarterback. But if you're trying to play keep up with someone like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, that could get a little bit messy. And if we can't run the football, right, like if, if this becomes Jordan Love and Jordan Love only, uh, trying to do, you know, the things that this offense has been able to do, that could be really pretty tough too. So certainly going to be an interesting game, a fun game to watch, but there are certainly a few more paths to victory probably um, for this Kansas City Chiefs team than maybe there were a couple weeks ago when we were thinking about this game. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Big plays given up by the defense is is going to be a backbreaker here. I think long sustained drives for Kansas City is also another risk. But this defense has been playing incredibly well for Green yeah. Bay. And I, I think that gives me reason to be really optimistic. I think from an offensive perspective, any of those self-inflicted wounds are, are going to be tough to overcome. Of course, turnovers being number one. Um, you know, I'm thinking even even short of the interceptions, there, there's the possibility, you know, especially if David Bakhtiari is back in his first action, maybe him being a little bit slow, a uh, guy's looking in and and you know having to go silent snap count there's the risk of of love holding the ball too long and uh not you know getting it out quickly and fumbling in those cases of course you know aj Dillon's had some fumble issues so mm -hmm. yep. any turnovers are bad any of the delay a game kind of stuff having to waste timeouts because you have a young quarterback and getting the play calls in quickly um any of that you know alignment stuff going on but here's the thing I don't think this necessarily needs to be a super conservative game plan. I, no. I don't think this is going to look like the Arizona game because Kansas City defense is susceptible to giving up chunks of pass yardage. I think Jordan Love has all of the confidence of Matt LaFleur to run this offense the way yeah. that he wants. He has all of the talent there. Do I think they need to go out in five wide? No. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope they don't. But give them, give them the idea and, and that sort of – uh, misdirection of the run and I think you could see a 50-50 split run pass and I think we could see Jordan Love throwing the ball around a little bit get MVS loose get Devante certainly um, yeah. it's going to give mm -hmm. your young quarterback a lot of a lot of opportunities because he's open and mm -hmm. Jordan Love needs some open windows to throw into because he's learning to play quarterback so I, I do see some reasons to be optimistic for Green Bay Obviously, there's some watchouts. Do I expect the Packers to win? Eh, I don't know. I think this <laughs> game's pretty much a toss-up. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I would give Kansas City the three points that you give to a home team, but I think this is an evenly matched mm -hmm. uh, game. And remember, Kansas City just almost lost to the New York football Giants. And if you don't think the Packers with Jordan Love are better than the Giants, 
I uh, think we are seeing things differently. Yeah, so. yikes, yikes. Yeah, I was going to say uh, I completely 100% agree with you, and I think what's really cool about this Packers football team is we just saw them go to Arizona on their road with their backs against the wall with half the roster beat up, and they use that as motivation to beat that football team. And we heard multiple players on the Packers team talk about how they played so loose because there's so little pressure in a game where everyone is saying you can't win this football game. So it's playing with house money. You go to Kansas City. You're playing against a team that everybody expects you to lose to because you're starting a backup quarterback. I think they play really loose. I think they go out and I think they play for Lafleur. I think they go out and play for love. And I think that a lot of these guys go out and play for Rodgers because in that clubhouse, you know, the Internet's saying what the Internet says, right? Twitter is ablaze, but these guys love Aaron Rodgers, you know, and I think that they go out and play for this football team. And I think it's going to be a game where people expect them to come in and play flat, but I think they're going to play with a lot of emotion. And I think Kansas City's got to be ready for that. I don't think that that means that they win 100 percent, but I think it'll be a fun football game to watch. Absolutely. So all great points. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And next week we'll be back getting you ready for the Packers Week 10 game against the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...